The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Shortly after six o'clock, as well, going to speak to an emergency department consultant, a consultant in emergency medicine just as they come off duty to get a sense of what today was like in those departments. And we're going to stick with that topic uh, now because uh, while the trolley numbers again uh, are not quite up at the 931 peak that they hit the day before yesterday, they are not far from it. And as Stephen Donnelly said, and as as, as others have said, it is going to get worse before it gets better. Finian McGrath is with me now. Finian, of course, uh, former Junior Minister at the Department of Health. Um, Finian, you're welcome to the show. I mean, given the time you spent within the department, are you surprised we are where we are? I am actually, I'm very, very surprised and I'm also, Kieran, very, very annoyed because basically it boils down to three main issues. Accountability in the senior management in the HSE and the Department of Health, the lack of beds and also the lack of staff. There seems to be a kind of a new figure now uh, that the 500 seems to be the new acceptable level of people on trolleys. I think at the moment today it's around 838 patients on trolleys, which as far as I'm concerned will lead to unnecessary deaths. So I just find it amazing uh, 24 hours after the government announced a 5 billion surplus in the exchequer figures that we have these, this crisis going on in our A&Es. And the changes that we talked about when I was in government between 2016 and 2020, the changes that we talked about were regularly discussed in relation to the issue of beds. We all knew that we needed 5,000 to, 5, to 6,000 new beds. I know recently the Minister in Fairness to him has managed to deliver in the region of 1,200 beds. But we're now in the middle of a flu crisis and other, other infections going right across society, COVID, etc. So basically what, I, what my criticism would be that then when they were planning the action plan, the winter plan before Christmas, they, they should have moved quicker in relation to the use of private hospitals, uh, uh, using uh, 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 private hospitals. There should have been changes, dramatic changes in staff recruitment. They also need, and this is where I'm very critical, system changes uh, have to really, really come in at the top at the, uh, at the Department of Health and the HSE. For example, you have examples of good practice in this crisis over the last 48 hours in Waterford. We have good performers and we have bad performers. Mm. So the, why can't sensible people see what are they doing right in Waterford and compare them to the other hospitals? But the also, Kieran, as well, the other issue is we have the structures and the senior positions in the HSE and the Department of Health. I just feel the accountability issue is not there. And I, I know that I'll be accused of supporting the politician. Usually the minister gets the blame when things go wrong. But the bottom line, as far as my experience as a minister of state in dealing with the HSE and the Department of Health, was the accountability at the senior management level wasn't there. And I, would, I used to argue at the time was, if that happened in the private sector, it would not be acceptable. And, so why should yeah. we accept it in our health service? Fillion, explore that a little bit with me because yeah. I'm sure on an individual basis you speak to senior people in the HSE and senior people in the department and there's none of them who want the trolley crisis to be at the level it is. They would love to solve it, I am sure. Why does there seem to be no sense of institutional urgency in actually solving it? 
Well, you see, this is my point. There seems to be a new level. Of, for example, I said earlier on, 500 seems to be the new acceptable level for people to And I'm sorry, no, that is not acceptable. So I just think there's a mindset within the senior uh, management of Department of Health and HSE. And I mentioned the, account- the accountability issue. And also, the other issue is that when you have massive investment, hundreds of extra million going in to a health service this year, for example, in the budget, and yes, the, the, the performance-related issues are not delivered on. So as far as I'm concerned, it's not quality man- management. And I also, the, the impact of that then is you have frustrated staff on the ground. Many of them are, are frustrated and exhausted. And then you have others that are leaving or going abroad, or some of them are jumping ship to the private sector. Mm. So basically, what I'm saying is they need to be more efficient on their delivery on the chain. We all know what needs to be done. And what I'm saying is the process seems to be very, very slow in relation to delivery. So I would not accept their answer. I mean, I ex- had experienced that myself in dealing with disabilities for services. I was the first Minister uh, of Disabilities to introduce a two billion budget for adult services in the HSE. And yet there were times when I was trying to deliver things that I was constantly blocked and excuses given all the times. And I used to end up in many, many difficult rows and debates with those people as well in relation to delivery. So they have an issue there and they have to be accountable and there seems to be a a mindset that needs to be changed. These people in the Department of Health have got to understand that the, the Department of Health and the HSE, it's not about them. It's not about turf wars. It's not about power struggles. It's about the patient on the trolley today in Bowman Hospital or Limerick Hospital. And, and when, well, what does accountability look like to you? What does it mean? Is it answering questions directly of politicians? Is it the likes of, I don't know, Robert no, no, Watt, no, who's running the Department of Health, being no. out in public answering questions? What, like, no, no, what, what no, do you no. mean by accountability? That's part of it. But the, the accountability for me... Uh, means that if you set yourself targets, you deliver on those targets. So, now, there's a mindset at the moment, I've seen it only yesterday, like the, uh, the Department of Health, in relation to waiting lists for people going into getting service in hospital, they, they, they're, I quote from them, no prospective improvements in the number of patients on hospital waiting lists despite injection of significant money aimed at improving the situation. That was a senior Department of Health official saying that about uh, the, the work that's going on. And yet at the same time, Cavan General Hospital was able to get their waiting list down 96%. St. Vincent's Hospital was able to get theirs down by 57.1%. And Connolly Hospital was able to get their, their waiting list down by 41.8%. So the, there are examples of good practice, good management, good delivery on the ground in the service. But there also, there seems to be an acceptable level that's going on in the mindset in the Department of Health and the HSE. And that's not good enough and it's not acceptable. But that, that I mean, that mindset is yeah. nothing new, is it? I mean, how, how do you change? Because you know, it's, 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 it's become institutionalised. We're yeah, talking I, about this every year. Yeah, that's, that's basically what I'm saying. And what the, 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 two, the, the, two, the three major changes for me are they have to change the mindset, accountability, beds and staff. It knocks down to those three issues, Kieran. But how do you change it? I mean, I spent four years, for example, when I was 
responsible for that two billion budget in the disability service. Gone up and down the country, meeting HSE, meeting managers in the disability services, and I kept saying to them, it's not about me as minister, it's not about you as HSE, it's not about you as the Department of Health officials, it's about the person with the disability. And you've, I give you the two billion, you deliver the services for these people on the ground. And if you can't do the job, you shouldn't be involved in the job. All right. Well, listen, Keith Walsh is with us as well. Uh, Finian Keith is a writer and a broadcaster and a mental health advocate. Uh, and Keith, w- w- one refrain we've heard repeated over and over again the last few days is, you know, do not come to an emergency department unless there's something very seriously wrong with you. And the example is given only come if you've got a broken leg, for example. And it strikes me that we are talking about health very much as a physical thing only. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the message, like it's, it's it's confusing. It's confusing for me. Uh, the message has always been, well, we started putting this message out uh, that, you know, uh, mental health and physical health are inextricably linked. Your body is your body. Um, and now we're saying only come to the emergency department if you've got a broken leg. But we had been saying, actually, you know what, a broken leg and a broken mind are the same thing. If you're suffering... Um, you know, from mental health, if if you if you're depressed, if you're you know thinking about suicide, you know that is the same thing as having a broken leg or having a pain somewhere or whatever. They're the same thing. They're inextricably linked. But now in this crisis, we only want you to turn up if you've actually got a broken leg. So, like, it just <laughs> there's a massive uh, failing here because what is the emergency department for? It's a place where people can go when. They've nowhere else to go, and and also we've been told consider all options before you turn up at the uh, the emergency department. So you can go to your pharmacist, you can go to your doctor, you can go to whatever. People can't get on uh, doctors can't get doctors in the first place in 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 towns around the country. Pharmacists, I was in a pharmacist the other day, absolutely out the door. Um, so you go down to John, your local friendly pharmacist, who you can have a chat with, and sometimes we'll you know we'll have a a chat with you and see what's wrong with you and prescribe you something or give you something or tell you, you know, whatever. He's not, he doesn't even have the time to do that because he's out the door. The doctor doesn't have time to talk to you to find out what's actually behind this, you know, kind of sore back that you keep getting, you know, stress levels or you get an mm. exercise. They don't have the time to do that because there's somebody waiting to come in and, and they, you know, they're looking at their watch and then you can't go to the emergency department because what are they looking for in the emergency department? They're asking you, what is wrong with you? What is physically wrong with you? And some people who are turning up at emergency departments, there's nothing, no them. They're turning up because they need help. And yeah. I just think it's the wrong message to be sending out. And we're definitely missing a, a, a trick here in this country because we talk about hospitals, about illnesses, and we talk about emergency rooms and we don't like mental health is still not a central part of this conversation it, it also Keith it flies in the face of the direct advice some people are given because I'm sure you have I've certainly spoken to people for example younger people who have been victims of shortcomings in CAMS services, the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services. And what they've been told, what they have literally been told, the advice given to them is, oh, if you do feel anyway suicidal and out of hours or over the weekend, go to your local emergency department. That's the yeah. best we can do for you. Yeah. Uh, which, which is a shortcoming in and of itself. But then when the emergency department are saying only come with a broken leg, where does that person go? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and it's the same like this, because and I've been told and, I, and I've been telling people, you know, ring the guards, you know, if, if you're talking to somebody and they're in trouble, ring the guards or turn up to you, bring them to the emergency department. If You know, if they all this advice. And now it's like, no, you know what? Just not for January because it's really busy because we have all these other things going on. That's not good enough. And also, 
if we don't take mental health seriously in this country, we're not going to get beyond this problem of beds and uh, emergency departments being full and, and petri dishes of emergency departments or people who are in there who don't really need to be there. We'll always have young lads out playing football, breaking their leg. We'll always have elderly people who need the emergency. We'll always have younger people who are sick. People, It's always going to happen. You're always going to need an emergency department. It's the people that don't need to be there that need, need to be somewhere else mm. and that maybe if they'd been told how to look after their mental health or how to look after themselves, they wouldn't end up there. And that's the education part that we need to be doing in schools and following through with places like CAMS and, mm. and, and educating people on how to look after themselves so they don't also end up in the emergency department, you know? So, so it's there for people who, who are, who are uh, in trouble, you know? Keith Walsh, writer, broadcaster, mental health advocate, Finian McGrath, former junior minister at the Department of Health. Thank you both very, very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.